My Fame Explained podcast, episode 25, Ansley Gordon. And my improv professor said, no, I I can't pass you because this is an attendance-based class. And if you're missing days to do matinee shows, like I, I can't, I can't pass you. So I was like, okay, well then this, this is not for me. <laughs> so I changed my major and I paid for college acting. I worked all over the Southeast in college. It was amazing. Welcome to the My Famed Explained podcast, a podcast with the people you know and the personal stories behind their fame. I'm your host, Larry Gilbert. Actress and writer Ansley Gordon has, shall we say, done it all. Along with her work in romantic TV movies, she has worked on a number of network comedies, including FX's Better Things, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend on the CW, and the star's Survivor's Remorse. She just wrapped filming the romantic comedy Love on the Reef, which she wrote and stars in, as well as the rom-com Lean Into Love. And if that's not enough in the past year, she just wrapped a singles guidebook to love, which is set to premiere in the fall of 2022. As a writer, she's sold nearly a dozen screenplays and currently has several others in development with both studios and production companies. She caught up with me recently from her home in Los Angeles, fresh off one set before she heads back on the road to start shooting her next film. Here's Ansley Gordon and her acting and writing fame explained. Ansley Gordon, thank you so much for joining me on My Famed Explained in this conversation about your life and career. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm glad we're, we're finally doing it. Sorry that my schedule's been a little wild. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it seems like you've been all over um, filming and, and now you're finally back home, right, in Los Angeles where you live? Yes, I am actually. I just booked another movie and I'm leaving again on April 19th. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> is that is that kind of like your life? Is that how it is that how it goes? You're home for a little bit and then traveling and back home? Well, this has been the most that I filmed outside of LA in a very I mean, obviously COVID, but I don't I haven't filmed this much outside of LA in, in years. So I'm definitely rebuilding the muscle because <laughs> traveling that much. And being gone for, you know, three plus weeks doing these movies, like, you know, you, I bring candles, I bring slippers, I bring string lights to my hotel rooms to <laughs> so try to make them feel like home. Yeah, yeah. So you're there for a while. Um, is that generally how long a shoot takes is three weeks? Is uh... Yeah, for these these TV movies, they usually take three weeks. I would say that they span the shortest I've ever done one in is like 12 days, I think. And the longest I've ever filmed one was like 16 days and then so how, you obviously you only work on one at a time right or do you have several in the pipeline where you're like okay i'm here for three weeks and then i'm home for two days and then somewhere else for three weeks shooting this next one or, or is it just uh, yeah it, does it depend no it is it is definitely usually stacked um but because i'm also a writer i'm usually on deadline writing a movie as well so i'm acting you know starring starring in one movie during the day and then writing another movie at night and that has been just literally a dream come true. It's it's a lot to balance. And my off days are spent, you know, on notes calls with the studio as a writer. But it's it's great. And then I did a movie. I booked it the second week of January. Filmed the end of January, beginning of February. I was home for, I think, like six days and then went to go film another movie that I had booked while filming the one in January. Oh, okay. So yeah, <laughs> just how, how much can you handle? And I, I told right. my team that I wanted to do five number one on the call sheet roles this year. And then I would kind of slow down and focus a little more on writing. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, and I, I do want to get more into that, uh, but just to back up a bit, so like, um, so like your life, you were, I, I read from your bio that you were born in Atlanta, but at three, you moved to Florida. Um, yes. So like, where did you grow up? Where did you go to school? Your siblings, parents, all that? Like, what was life like for you as a kid? I, it was it was great. I'm the oldest of four kids, and the siblings are all super close. So I grew up in Orlando, and my parents still live in the same neighborhood that I grew up in, and it was it was great. I mean, I wanted to come to LA so badly that I would fight with them all of the time about it, but they did such a good job of balancing kid stuff with work stuff. And I got my first agent, I think, when I was fourteen. And I started okay. auditioning for local commercials and short films and that kind of thing. And then as soon as I got my driver's license, there's a, a college in Florida called Full Sail University. And I don't know if they still do it this way. But when I was in high school and college, they would have open auditions on Saturday for all of the films that the students were producing. So they did a digital film, a 35 millimeter film, and then a 60 millimeter film. And throughout their time at Full Sail. And so you could just go and audition for all of these, all of these projects. And at the same time, they would have other, you know, students from the past come in and casting their short films and feature films and whatnot. Yeah. And so through that, I really learned how to audition and I learned how to be confident in a room. I learned how to take notes. I learned how to answer the question, tell me about yourself, which is like the dreaded actor question that we get in rooms. And I, I actually booked my first feature film, which is now streaming on Tubi 10 million years later, um, through that in before I graduated high school, I think it was like 16 when I booked it. Okay. So like even at a young age, even how about like elementary school? Is that something that like you're already thinking about? Like I want to be an actress someday and, and, and Oh yes. (laughs) Yeah. So right. So so when I was, when I was four, um, studio was partnering with a regional theater to do um the wizard of oz and i begged my parents to let me audition and they did and uh i my age group was up for poppies like they they were the little flowers that was in they were in like one scene and the age group above me were munchkins so they got to be on stage all of the time Mm -hmm. and so when i auditioned i asked the director i was like i want to i want to be a munchkin like i'm a star i should be on stage all of the time and he was like okay if you if you get cast you can you can be a munchkin but you also have to be a poppy (laughs) so i ended up getting cast but only as a poppy Oh, wow. And I was outraged. (laughs) And I went up to the director the first rehearsal and was like, yo, man, this was not our deal. And he (laughs) was so charmed by it. He said, "Okay, you can be a munchkin. And I did it. And we did, you know, like a a mini run of the show. And and it was great. And then that same director was doing The King and I, which is now politically not correct, but doing The King and I a couple of years later, like five years later. And they couldn't find anybody for the youngest daughter. So wait. So uh, they called that experience you were four yes oh yes. wow okay all right so four, you are you're already doing these negotiations at four. Oh yes okay oh yes and and after that show i told my dad i'm gonna be an actor and he was like okay and so okay yeah sure yeah <laughs> you're four you're sit four, down yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah so we i kept doing dance and like little community theater and then that same director was doing the king and i like five years later and he remembered me and they couldn't find anybody for the youngest daughter and so he called my dad and said can ansley come in and read and mm-hmm. I was like, well, great. This is my job. And my dad was like, no, Anz, you have to audition. <laughs> I was like, it's going to be mine. 
and I got it and, and it was amazing. And that I think was the first experience where, you know, I had lines and I had like cues on stage and like other actors were depending on me to do and say certain things at certain times. And I loved it. Like I loved the pressure and the responsibility. And And at this point you were nine. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. That that's still that yeah. that's quite a bit of uh, experience already at at nine. Oh yeah, and, and L.A. was always the goal. I New York was never in my mind, which is so interesting because I was a dancer and I basically only did theater growing up. But I knew that I wanted to come out to L.A. and um, I ended up not getting a theater degree. I went to the University of Florida and I have a degree in public relations. I started as a theater major, but then I got cast in. The Gainesville has a really great regional theater called the Hippodrome. Mm-hmm. And I ended up getting cast, you know, an equity theater, like getting paid as a college student to do a plays is amazing. And my improv professor said, no, I, I can't pass you because this is an attendance based class. And if you're missing days to do matinee shows, like I, I can't, I can't pass you. So I was like, okay, well then this, this is not for me. <laughs> so I changed my major. And I paid for college acting. I worked all over the Southeast in college. It was amazing. Yeah, yeah. Most college jobs, like you wouldn't think of that as like being able to to act and pay for college like that. Right. Yeah. And and my my PR professors and my girlfriend group, who I'm still friends with to this day, really helped me be able to do that. Like they filmed the lectures, the professors. If I had to be on set, you know, they were flexible on me missing class. It was really, it was a perfect experience. And I, I didn't get the regular college experience. I went to one football game, you know, like I didn't do things that normal college kids do, but I knew that in order to have the career that I wanted to have, I had to start now because I think a lot of people think about college as a holding period, like what they're doing in college kind of doesn't count for those four years Mm -hmm. when those four years can really set you up for the rest of your, your career. Like the work I did in college helped me get a manager right, right when I moved to LA Help me get my SAG card before I came to LA. It was a, a really, it was so much work, but I'm really glad I did it. You were basically, you knew that you were going to set yourself up for a career in acting while you were in college, but yes. public relations was the degree. So was that always like a fallback plan in case it never worked out or um, what was, your, <laughs> I, what was like I, your thought for majoring in that as opposed to majoring in, in theater or something like that? Where if you knew that that well, was going to be your career? Well, the, the theater... I wanted to do theater, but I knew that I wanted to act in general. And I wasn't able to do that with my theater, with a theater degree. I wasn't able to do that while in college. So I took, I continued to take classes in, in theater and minor in it, but I didn't major in it because I wanted to be able to miss class and go film. And so the reason I picked PR was it was super easy. (laughs) (laughs) There was not a lot of math there. It's a re- it was a relatively new major at the time. It wasn't, it was businessy enough and it was never, I never had the idea of I'm going to have a fallback plan, Yeah. but it definitely helped me a lot when I got to LA because my side job was working in social media. So I would help um, brands either create content or ghostwrite for their blog or that, that kind of thing. And having a PR degree helped me do that. And that gave me a flexible side job at the beginning so I could still audition. And I could audition all day and then come home and do all of the work that I needed to do at night. 
How about your parents? Were they on board with your dream of becoming an actress or did they see your degree as maybe this will be her fallback plan? Oh, they were really big team fallback plan. Like, okay, I they were, until, they were. <laughs> yeah, I think until a couple of years ago, the way my dad tells the story, he's super proud now, but the way he tells the story is he's like, little girls want to be princesses and actresses and and astronauts and, and they grow out of it. And Ansley just never grew out of it. Is the is what he says now, and so for me, I I always knew that this is what I was going to do, and getting a degree in something else allowed me to act. And he, I think he thought eventually I would go into PR, and it was just never that was never in my mind. And yeah. acting, you know, didn't in LA. It took like I had side jobs for the first like five years I was here, and I was doing everything in order to make this happen. And I'm so glad that I did because now I have my dream career. I mean, do I want bigger things in the future? Sure. But I'm so happy with where I am, but I built up that work ethic in college. Um, when did you move to LA? Was it right after college? Like you graduated and you're <laughs> yes. like, that's where I'm going. I'm done with college. I'm, I have all the freedom in the world to go where I want. And that's where I'm going to go and chase my dream. Yes. So okay. that's a funny story. So I finished classes and my agent had set me up with an audition for this movie called Treasure. And I was like, okay, well, I'll go to the audition, but it's the day I'm flying to LA to visit my friend who is out here and to, to see if I liked it. And so on my way to the airport, I went to this audition and there was, a, there was 90 million girls there. And okay. I went up to the, the person running the session and was like, hey, I'm really sorry. Is there any way I can cut the line? Like, I have a flight to get to. And she was like, sure, you can go next and handed me the sides. It was a cold read. And and I hadn't even read through the sides all the way once when the girl before me walked out of the room. So I was like, oh, boy, maybe I should have <laughs> read this and then asked if I could go. Yeah. Um, but I went in and I, I did the audition. I kind of blacked out, no idea what I did. Um, and then I left and came out to LA and, and spent a week out here and took some meetings and, and was like, yes, this is definitely where I want to be. And as I was flying back to LA, I took the red eye back to go to graduation. And my agent called me and was like, you booked, you booked the movie that I auditioned <laughs> for, Treasure. Yeah. And I was like, there is no way. <laughs> there is no way. And they were like, yeah, they want you. You start in, in like four days. So that was a, a really great finishing college and starting with a job experience. And I filmed that movie over the course of three months or two months. And as I was starting, I was filming during the week. And then I was working at a restaurant on the weekends and over the summer, right after I graduated. And my parents said, okay, well, we're going to start charging you rent in the fall. You're 22. We're going to charge you rent. So you were living what? back in Florida? Were you living back in Florida? Yes. Well, yes. Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Yes, this movie was filming in Orlando. Oh, okay, all right, all right. And um, I booked, I, I auditioned in Orlando and then flew to LA and then booked it while when I was flying back to graduate from college. Okay. Um, And so my parents, you know, said, we're, we're going to charge you rent. And I said, well, if I'm going to pay rent, I'm going to do it in LA. And so I found an apartment online that was so sketchy. I shipped my car out here and I used all of the money I had made filming this movie to get myself to LA. Okay. And that's how it happened. Okay. <laughs> so all right. I moved, I moved like two months after I graduated. 
Okay. And so was that, that film basically paid for your move out there. Yep. Yep. <laughs> all, yeah. all because your parents said that they were going to charge you rent. So, Hey, that was right. And I said that to and my mom still, she's like, you know, you should come back. There's some really cute parts of Orlando, like winter park. And I'm like, mom, I probably wouldn't have come out here. <laughs> you hadn't have said, I'm going to charge you rent. <laughs> right. Funny how that works, you know? Funny. (laughs) So then how did writing come in involved with everything? Like, when did you start writing? Was it around that same time or did that come along a little bit later in your career? So writing is such an interesting part of my life that I didn't realize until very recently had always been here. So I wrote my first feature film when I was a senior in high school. And it's called The Staircase. And I found it during quarantine and I read it and it's terrible, but also like not bad. Like I, I could write dialogue when I was 18. Yeah. And going back and reading that made me realize that, oh, this is always how I've processed is writing. I like put it into scripts and I have files and files and files and files and files on my hard drive from all of the things I wrote in college, like web series, all, all of these things. And so a couple of years ago, it was 2018. Um, I had just gotten married. I was really unhappy with my acting career. I hadn't, I hadn't booked anything theatrically in a while and my husband was like, well, you enjoy writing. Why don't you Why don't you try to do that? And I really fought against it because I felt like if I was writing, it meant I had failed as an actress. And that was really hard for me to reconcile, even though now, four years later, I am 10 times the writer that I am an actress. Like, I'm a good actress, but I am a great writer. Mm-hmm. And But I'm still dealing with that ego side of it of like, oh, if, I, if I'm writing, it means I failed as an actor instead of these two things are two sides of, of the same part of myself. So in 2018, I came up with this idea for a pilot and I wrote it. And a production company who had a deal with Amazon read it and was interested And I went through this whole process. I brought in my friend who is a hilarious, hilarious person to help me punch up the jokes. We ended up not moving forward with the production company. So it didn't go to Amazon, but it was a really good experience of how to write a pilot and how to do a show Bible and how to work with development people. And it was right out of the gate getting notes on things that I didn't, I'm like Googling, like, what do I, I don't know what any of this means, but I'm not going to tell anybody that I'm just going to, I'm going to figure it out. And so after that, me and that friend wrote a couple of things together. We ended up having a couple pilots placed at the Austin Film Festival. We made a web series together. We did some branded content stuff. And then I was feeling like, well, what's the lowest barrier to entry for me to actually get paid to do this? And I realized how many TV movies are made a year. And this, this friend at the time didn't want to do that. And so I said, okay, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this on my own. And I taught myself how to write TV movies. I watched like three a day. I broke them down. How many locations, how many characters, you know, when, it, how long into it do the two leads meet each other? When is the kiss? That, that kind of thing. And basically built my own structure. And this was mid 2019. And then so I, you, so you weren't formally of- trained at all then on how to write scripts. Oh no, I've never taken a Oh, that's class. amazing. Yeah. I feel bad saying that because people ask me, they're like, where do I start? And I'm like, I have no idea. <laughs> like, I'm so sorry. Like, I don't. Just watch a lot yeah. of shows and take a lot of notes, right? Like you did. Yeah. Yeah. Like if, if you want to write something like Euphoria, study Euphoria and study the things that came before Euphoria. What were the inspirations for Euphoria? Look up the show Bible for um, 
Stranger Things, you can find the pitch deck for Stranger Things online and see like what inspiration photos they pulled from, what reference, you know, what Stephen King, what kind of what kind of things they were pulling from right. to create this that because everything is built on something else. Right. And so being able to find your niche, like if you want to write an office like comedy, well, obviously the office came from the British office, studying Ricky Gervais, studying all that will help you be able to develop whatever it is you want to create. Because we're at whatever you want to go, there's a there's a father and a grandfather or a mother and a grandmother mm-hmm. of whatever you want to do. Um, but back to my, back to my my writing journey. So yeah, I yeah. spent the second half of 2019 just writing these TV movies, and I wrote nine in nine months. And I just challenged myself: how many ideas can I come up with? How quickly can I write them? And I started table reading them with actors as soon as I would I would be almost done. I would send out an email to all of my actor friends and say, "Who wants to table read the script on Thursday at four o'clock?" And so that would give me a deadline that the script had to be done and ready to go to people. Mm-hmm. And it and it made it really fun. And it made it. I had a group of like six people that would come over to my apartment and I would do like wine and cheese and we would read my cheesy Hallmark movies. And <laughs> would you record the was, sessions too? Do you record those? Or I didn't record the session, but no. I would be taking notes as I went. Okay. All right. Um, cause I'm not, I'm not reading out loud. I'm just, I'm just listening. Right. And so then in February of 2020, I was like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to sell one of these. I'm just going to I'm just going to find somebody cuz I have a million and I know they're good and some of them had been so worked that that like they they were ready to go. And so I just started cold emailing producers. And I sent I don't know, probably 300 query emails. I have a spreadsheet that has the producer's name, who they work for, how many movies they've made, when I sent my first email, when I sent my follow-up, my second follow-up and to oh my God. just get somebody to say yes. Yeah, yeah. And one of the people that I emailed sent my stuff to Real One, which is a global studio, and they responded and said, "Yeah, we'll take a look at at what you got." And I sent over my deck, which was basically like a menu of everything I've written, like choose what you'd like to order. Mm-hmm. And they read my first movie, which was at the time called Always a Bridesmaid, and they bought it and they hired me on to do rewrites. And that is my movie now that premiered um, earlier this month called A Bridesmaid in Love. Oh, nice. That's awesome. Um, Yeah. And it was the first movie I ever wrote. It was originally a pilot. I was trying to write it as like a a 27 dresses meets girls pilot. Yeah. And it wasn't working. And I realized, oh, I'm, I'm not listening to what the material is telling me that it's trying, trying to become. And so I, turned it into this Hallmark movie situation. And now a couple years later, it's made. <laughs> <laughs> um, and is there, is there one thing that you prefer over the other acting or writing or has writing also become just an equal passion for you? Um, and obviously, you know, selling the first one, does that then make you be like, okay, now I want to like sell another one and another one. I mean, you know, definitely, like kind of- definitely. There is that, like, I just, I just want to keep going. And uh, I think at this point I've sold 12 and six have been made. That is awesome. Um, I love your drive. <laughs> That's a great, thank way. you. That's a great story. <laughs> thank you. Um, and the movie that I did in February was actually one that I wrote and I was offered the lead in my own movie from the studio. And that was the craziest. And I was like, uh, yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> what? 
<laughs> so that was incredible. But when it comes to like who, which one I like, how do I feel? They, they feel, they like feed each other. So if mm -hmm. acting isn't fulfilling to me, writing is typically filling the cup and then writing makes me a better actor. So because I'm spending so much time paying attention to different people in walks of life and how they move and how they speak and their motivation and how they dress. And because as a writer, I can't write something if it's not super clear in my mind. Like if I don't know exactly where you came from, what kind of, what kind of world your family grew up in, what your house looks like as a character, I can't write your voice. So be, having to be that specific and research before I start anything, even, even a TV movie now, wherever I decide that it's going to be set, I spend so much time looking at pictures of where I'm going to put this movie. And so even if it's like A, a Bridesmaid in Love was set in Belle Isle, which is technically a real place in Michigan, uh -huh. but in my, it, it's not a real place in, in, in the movie. Um, and so, but I spent a ton of time making boards of like, what does this place look like? And in my mind, it's a, you know, North Pacific Northwest town, like the water, the thing. And so that has helped me build characters faster and deeper with acting. Okay. That makes sense. And what's the whole like process like, okay, say for writing, you take, come up with the idea you start to build that out on, on paper. Do you usually have like the whole plot in your mind of you know, how it's going to end or does that kind of develop as you're writing? And then how does it go from, you know, writing to, to selling and then ultimately like the production of it to the point where it then eventually gets released? Yeah. So every idea comes to me differently and I have no, I, I have no idea where they come from or how they get here or, or what. But if you're trying to come up with specifically something for TV movies, I would take something really simple like uh, or I would start with like, like a, a holiday. So let's say it's uh, Valentine's Day. What okay. usually happens around Valentine's Day? You have chocolate, you have wine, you have dates. Okay, we could do a chocolatier. We could do a restaurant. We could do an event planner. And then pulling interesting things around, like getting more specific as you go down. So I always try to start with a season. When is this movie set? Okay, it's a summer movie. What happens in summer? You have the beach, you have ice cream, you have and and pulling down, narrowing down things. And then I like to set my movies in different places. So if I I'm doing a movie right now that's set in San Francisco, and it's my first time having a movie set in San Francisco. So I am studying what happens in San Francisco during the summertime. And that's helping shape the story that I'm telling. So obviously it's a rom-com, so I know that people are gonna fall in love, but if I can pull specific things that are specific to San Francisco in the summertime, then I can kind of build out dates, which helps me build out what do these characters like to do? Is this, is the male leading these things or is the female leading these things? And yeah. So then when it comes to knowing the full story, if it's something that I'm pitching, then yes, I know the whole story. So it, right now where I am at in my TV movie career, I'm not selling scripts, I'm selling pitches and then I'm getting paid to then write the script. Okay. But in the beginning of my career, I was writing the full script and then selling them on spec. And so either way, you have to know the whole thing. Um, but with my bigger projects, like my theatrical release stuff, which is just starting to get off the ground, that takes me so much longer 
to write because there's so much less, there's, there's not a formula as much. I mean, obviously there's the three acts, but it's not as the meet cutes on page 11. And then you have your end of act one on page 30 where they decide to work together. You know, like it's not as, as formulaic where it is now is I will write, I will write a two to four page synopsis of the whole thing. So I'll say Ansley Gordon is a podcaster based in New Orleans and then, and like break down what she, who she is, what her problem is and where she wants to go. And then I'll break down the male lead, who he is and where he wants to go. And then I'll put it, the synopsis together. So this is how they meet. These are their, their, the meet cute. These are their obstacles. This is what they have to overcome. This is the, the villain type character and put it all out. And then this is the resolution and the kiss. And we pan up to the sparkling, the sparkling sky kind of thing. (laughs) And then then people love your pitch and then say, okay, go write it, fill in all the details. Not that- usually, actually. Usually they give a lot of notes. Oh, okay. The so then, okay. So then they have input so, in what they want out of then that story that is in your mind that then yes. must alter then the story. Do you, uh, you must yes. be, sometimes be like frustrated, be like, no, I don't want that part in the story, but they want it in. So it has to be in. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yep. Um, and so there was a, a movie that I, that I wrote that filmed in um, Savannah in December of 2021 called A Singles Guidebook to Love. And mm-hmm. originally it was called To Do Before I Do. And I went through the whole pitch process. I think I did like six rounds of this of this pitch and it was turned down. And I was like, no, there is something here. And I did a full rebrand of it, changed it to a singles guidebook, did, you know, tweaked some things, specified things, took all of the notes from all of the executives that I'd gotten, changed everybody's name yeah. and sent it back in and it got greenlit right away. Oh, and there we go. You figured it out. Right. <laughs> right. And my development exec is like, I've never seen that happen. I've never seen the execs say no. And then a writer totally <laughs> take it all and transform it. And, and then it get greenlit and made so, so fast. So when the, the pitch gets greenlit, then I go to outline and the outline is like 15 to 20 pages. And it's exact, it's the movie. And so I, the way I do my outlines and it makes me write faster is I do scene headings. So I'll do interior Ansley's kitchen day. She talks on the phone. This is what's happening. Then I'll, I'll go to the next scene and do, you know, exterior charming street day. And I'll, I'll put it all in basically like the script will look, mm-hmm. but with paragraphs instead of scenes. And then they will note that and say, you know, I think we're missing this. We need more here. Usually, I I don't think I've ever done more than two rounds on an outline, okay. and then I'll go to draft. And these are all so usually the pitch takes me two ish days to write. I can do it in one day, but it's better if I like sleep on it. Yeah. And then the twenty page outline they usually give you two weeks to do. I try to get it done in a week to move faster, and then. When you go to script, they usually give you two weeks. And I, it usually takes me probably like nine, 10 days to get it out. And then after that, for rewrites, it's usually about a week in between each, each time. So essentially, you have to build the whole story within two weeks for a rom com yeah. on TV. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's, that seems quick. You know, usually I always assumed it would have taken like, you know, nine months, 10 months, maybe a year. Yeah. Well, sometimes you have to go. So A Bridesmaid in Love was already a script. And that took, I think we started working on it in May and it didn't film until October. Okay. So it that went through like really big 
really big overhauls. But that was I was writing complete new drafts of the script instead of this where, you know, when you turn in the the two to four sheet synopsis, you already know the whole story and it's approved. Like the games that they play in act two and the Mm -hmm. conflict in act three and the kiss, like it's all, you already know exactly what's going to happen. And so you can fill it in, in the outline quickly. And then with the outline being so long and detailed, I literally just put the outline in my writing software and then I fill in each scene. And it, it goes really fast. But with my theatrical release stuff, it, that is takes so much longer. My movie that I um, just had optioned, I think, took me... Uh, the first draft took about a month. And then I it took almost a year of notes from all different kinds of people to get it to the place where it was optioned by okay. a legitimate person. Okay. Um, and so like you mentioned the singles guidebook to love and then the other film, um, that you just shot recently, love for starters. Uh, Oh, that was love on the reef. Oh, love on the, okay. All right. Uh, so both of those, um, come out this year will be released this year. Singles guidebook to love should be out this year. Um, love for starters will be out this year. Um, and then yeah, bridesmaid in love just came out, uh, fixing up Christmas came out this last December. And then I have, my first thriller, <laughs> which will be out, I think, later this year um, on Lifetime. Okay. All right. So look for it on Lifetime. Um, and then you said you're, you're traveling uh, the end of April. So is that for a, a film you can talk about? or I can't say anything about it yet. Okay. Um, but it's a, it's a lovely, charming <laughs> rom-com written by two, a female writing team that I've looked up to for a while. And this is my first movie that I've done of theirs. And so I want to make sure that I do it just okay, because yeah, yeah. They, they write really good stuff. Yeah, no, definitely. So stay tuned. Yeah. 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 Uh, so do you ever wake up and pinch yourself and think, wow, I can't believe this is my life and this is what I get to do for a living. I mean, it's essentially oh, it was, it's been your dream since what, four years old. So um, yes, yeah. yes. All, all of the time. Oh. And, and I, I will like walk into our office at our house and, and go into my husband, my, like while he's working and be like, can you believe <laughs> this? He's like, yes, Ansley, I can. However, I am working. So <laughs> <laughs> He's not in the industry, is he? He's in a different. He's not. He okay. used to be, but he's not anymore. Okay. All right. So yeah. I was going to say, yeah. Um, cause some, some professions people have said like, yeah, no, my partner knows what they were signing up for when they got into a relationship with me and I work all these crazy yeah. hours and, and, and whatnot. So he definitely knew what he was getting into and he is the one who helps me tape all of my auditions and he's the one who is there, you know, while I'm crying, if I didn't get the job, like he's very, <laughs> he's yeah. super supportive. And you know, when I leave to go film for three weeks, he's the one taking care of our house and our two cats and like our backyard, like watering the plants. Like it's not easy to be married to somebody who literally disappears for like months. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine. And he's so supportive. Now you said uh, he used to work in the industry. So is this how you guys met? Yes. Yeah. I, I um, accidentally cat called him while I was driving and he was walking and my window was down and I saw him walk by and I was on the phone with my sister and it was coming through my speaker. And I said, if this is what men look like in LA, I'm going to be fine. And I was at a stop <laughs> sign and he turned around and said, thanks. <laughs> and I was you. like, oh my gosh, oh my, I'd, I'm going to just crawl in a hole and die. Thank goodness I'll never see that guy again. And I was going to an acting class and 
it turns out he was in that acting class. Oh man. So. <laughs> oh man. That's too funny. Yep. Um, yep. So I, we, we had a meet cute. That's funny. I had interviewed, uh, Lauren Swickard. I don't know if you know who she is, but, uh, uh-huh, yeah. We- yeah. And well, her husband, Josh Wickard is obviously an actor too. And, um, mm-hmm. when I was asking her about, you know, them being married and if that's a good thing or bad thing, him being in the industry, she's like, no, it's great because I can practice my lines with him. He knows everything yep. you're going through and all yep. of that. So, um, yep. so then obviously him having some acting experience or whatnot, uh, certainly must. Help oh yeah. You. He'll call me out on my tapes. He'll be like, what okay, the heck right. is that? Right. I'll be like that. You can do better than that. That was not good <laughs> it's I, yeah him having that background is really and the and he has no like ego about it about not being in the industry anymore he loves right. his job and he's so good at it that he can come at my career with such a level-headed viewpoint whereas i'm like the world is burning and i'm terrible and i'm never gonna work again and he's like no you had one audition that you didn't think was great it's fine <laughs> not that big of a deal that's awesome. Um, is there one particular role that would be a dream role of yours uh, to play in a movie, like either a character or um, or some sort of historical Ooh. figure or something in a film? Um, I mean, yeah, there, there's like a million. I have more people that I would like to work with. Like I really mm-hmm. would love to do a movie with Jessica Lange. I think that everything she does is just magic. Um, I would like to do something science fiction as an actor, um, just because I think getting to the wardrobe and the hair and makeup really help transform you into the character and getting to lean into different parts of yourself that you wouldn't normally get to do. I think a period piece, they're fun. I've done two, but they don't feel as far away from Ansley as doing something where you like you could be blue, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And you were in Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, so how was that working on that show? I wanted to ask you about that. Um, obviously, that was, oh, a, that was, was a hugely amazing. popular show. Um, yeah, Was that a lot of fun, great. that experience? Yes. I only did one episode, but I worked with Monica Barbaro, who is um, now the main female in the new Top Gun. And I worked, I played Eric Lopez's girlfriend, and he was just nominated for an Oscar for a short film. And so mm-hmm. it was, it was my that was a while ago but it was the first time that i was like oh i think i'm good enough to hang with like people who actually pay all of their bills doing this and you know comedy is something that i really love 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 doing yeah and i made sure to shut up and pay attention to everybody else around me because it was such it was a it was a master class in in one-liners and improving one-liners and yeah it was it was a fantastic experience that's awesome. Um, and what do you like to do when you're not, I know you're really super busy. So what do you like to do when you're not, um, working either acting, writing or whatever, just unwind, relax, um, and kind of just step I, away from it all. <laughs> I love to read. Um, I love reading books on old Hollywood or memoirs of people who have been really influential in, um, in the industry. And so the book, the last book I read was, uh, like a, history of the Chateau Marmont, which was super interesting. Mm-hmm. And then I just read a memoir on or a biography on Joan Rivers called Last Girl Before the Freeway. And that basically broke down like women in comedy over and it was really long. It was a really long book, but it was so interesting. So I like to do that. I like to garden. I like to hike. And uh, I like to play bananagrams with my husband. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. That sounds like fun. 
Um, <laughs> and with the with the old Hollywood, didn't you have a podcast that was based on that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Called Hollywood Land Unsolved. Hollywood. That okay. was really that was during a point where I was like, I just have to do something creative. Like I have to just just create. And yeah, my yeah. husband is a graphic designer. And so I said to him, I was like, if I do this like old Hollywood gossip column as a podcast, could you create graphics for me? And he was like, uh, yes, question mark. <laughs> so, <laughs> what are you getting into? Yeah. Right. Literally. And so I created this podcast and it became really popular at the height of it I just got in at the right time I, I started it in 2016 and I had at my height like over 100,000 subscribers to the show and it was so fun because I, I tried to do it like Nancy Drew basically where I would tell you the story and then the graphics that my husband created were maps and addresses to help you like solve the case if that makes sense even though they're all cold cases uh -huh. um, and so yeah it was fun it was just I one it was a ton of work Two, I was terrified I was going to get facts wrong and somebody was going to call me out and I was going to get like in trouble. <laughs> right, right. Or or looking at like the Black Dahlia episode really messed me up. And I just, I was like, I can't look at crime scene photos anymore. So we're going we're gonna to take a break. Is it, uh, is it uh, like you said, um, you might get someone that be critical of like a fact or something. Do you ever get like criticism and how does that affect you? Like, do you like try to block it out if there is any sort of ever negative criticism of any of your work or anything like that? I've, I'd imagine oh, I that mean, would be difficult I, to, to, <laughs> to deal with, you know? Yeah. I mean, they say don't read the reviews. I always read the reviews for everything <laughs> all of the time. I know. How can you I not, right? It's one of those like, don't, and then you really want to now. You know? I know. I'm like, I have to know what people are saying. And sometimes they're just so ridiculous that I'm like, this isn't, I'm not going to take this to heart, but this is hilarious. And I don't, they, they don't bother me anymore. They bothered me a lot when I was younger. Like I got some comments on, on Hollywood land saying that it was poorly produced and uh -huh. that it sounded like a college project. And I'm like, yeah, I'm 23 doing it in my apartment. <laughs> it's not, it's, I don't know what you're expecting, but I never claimed for this to be like a professional production. Um, but no, I think that when you are creating from a place of authenticity and you're not doing it for, praise or accolade or any of that kind of thing, then it's what other people say isn't as important. Like mm -hmm. if, if my husband, if I give something to my husband to read or listen to or watch, I will tell him ahead of time, I need you to think I'm funny. I need you to think I'm talented. I need you to think whatever going into it. So he knows the expectation of like how much criticism I want. Cause his word means the most. Right. But a stranger on the internet, I don't, no, <laughs> you don't care. <laughs> you don't care about them. Yeah. And I would imagine like, social... I mean, of course it like phases me a little bit, but yeah, I can put it in perspective most of the time. Yeah. I mean, you know, you're human. Um, but I would imagine that just social media makes things even worse, you know? I mean, every, everybody's but a it... critic and everybody can, can say whatever they want behind a keyboard, you know, but to say it face to face, totally, totally, totally. different scenarios. So. But if you think about, if you know that people tend to be a little more trollish, I try to go the opposite direction. And if I'm like on my explore page and I see something of somebody's that even if I don't know them, I like it, I will comment on it and say like, hey, this is stunning or your page is beautiful or something to try to not offset negativity, but be able to, I, I want to leave a legacy of kindness and of support. Mm -hmm. And I think we're trending in that direction, at least among the people that I spend time with, that I, I don't feel as much competition 
on social media or even in the in the entertainment industry anymore that it it feels more like specifically coming out of covid how can i help you how are you what do you need right. and if you're a troll leaving a mean comment or writing a mean review that's i'm i'm sorry for you that you feel that way and that's how you're spending you know your precious time on earth right exactly yeah yeah, I mean, if you dislike what the person is doing so much, why are you sitting there reading all their stuff, watching all their stuff, and I commenting? Know, you know, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah, they probably have their own thing going on in their life that they have to then, you know, be negative. And other I'm people sorry to help for them. them. And I, I know, hope I know. they can get over it. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> and enjoy their life. <laughs> yeah. I don't. And don't worry, I won't ask you about Will Smith or anything associated with that, uh, which seemed <laughs> to blow up this week. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> Uh, last question. So uh, what advice would you give to a young person that would want to follow in your footsteps? Um, obviously, you did it completely differently. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah. but what advice would you give someone? I would say get really clear on what you want. So when I moved to LA, TV movies were just not even on my radar. And I think when I got really specific and said, okay, well, I'm not happy. What do, what do I want? And I, I want to tell stories that feel good, that make other people feel good. And how can I do that? And, you know, these lighthearted romantic comedies are a very easy way to do that. And I got specific on how I could do what I wanted to do. So I think that if you want to do whatever, if you want to do action movies, be taking stunt classes. If you want to do period pieces, be taking dialect classes, you know, get your headshots in the that style that you want to do, like get specific about what it is that you you want to do. And then just don't take no for an answer because if somebody says no, somebody else will say yes. Mm -hmm. I have had so many people pass on scripts and then I've sold them to other, other people. Like somebody will say yes to you. Well, like you said, whether it's an agent. Yeah. Like you said, you had emailed what 300, um, before one said yes, you know? So, yeah. So that's just, that's just an example right there. Yeah. You do have to believe in yourself more than, more than anybody else. And you're not always going to like, I still to this day have days where like, I'll go to my husband and be like, I'm a loser and uh, that's it. Like I'm, I'm done. And he's like, you're ridiculous. You're fine. But <laughs> knowing, having more days of mm-hmm. putting out things that are, are closer to what you, you want to do and you want to see will help offset any of the no responses or the no's that you could, you could get. Also like it, you get one life. You know, and like looking back on on your life, you want to be able to say you did everything you could to have the thing that you wanted. You wanted. Yeah, exactly. So go for it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and you, I, I, yeah. I mean, you had a dream. You you pursued it. You did whatever it took to to get there, and and you're living it. So, um, so and you're, I think you're a great anybody example. can do that. Well, I think anybody uh, can do that. Like because I did it, you can definitely do it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I I totally agree with you. Totally agree with you. Ansley, thank you so much for this conversation. I love learning about you and your life and your career. And best of luck to you and to much more success in the future. And I can't wait to see more of you on TV. Thank you so much for having me. This was such a pleasure. That was Ansley Gordon, actress and writer. To check out more on Ansley and her career, you can visit her website at ansleygordon.com. And you can follow her on Instagram at ansleygordon. Download and follow the My Famed Explained podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And please go to Apple Podcasts, rate us, and leave us a review. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just search My Famed Explained. Have an idea for a future show? You can email us at myfamedexplained at gmail.com. 
Until next time, I'm Larry Gilbert, and this is the My Famed Explained podcast at myfamedexplained.com.